0: Today's Leading Women episode 468 with the wonderful Mary Contendo.
1: Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie
0: Grace Berg. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Mary Contando. Mary Contando is a growth expert for women entrepreneurs. She has founded, led and expanded multi-million dollar businesses for the past 25 years. Now she enables other women to grow their businesses to the million dollar level as well. Mary's mission in life is to help women grow multi-million dollar businesses through the Women's Advantage Forum and the Women's Advantage series of products. She speaks at regional, national, and international women's events and writes for several national publications. For more information, visit www.womensadvantage.com. Women of the World, Miss Mary Cantando. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be here today, Marie Grace. I am delighted as well to
0: have you on the show and I'm sure our listeners too. So, um, Mary, I really love what you're doing with your business, especially with women's advantage. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Okay. So let's so let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind the niche?
1: Uh, yes, Marie Grace. I um was part of a team that built and sold a couple of multi-million dollar technology businesses in the 80s and the 90s, and when we sold our second business in 2001, we had 14 locations across the U.S. and Canada, and I was just kind of living on a plane. And um, so when we sold that business, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew what I did not want to do, and I did not want to start another business with all kinds of facilities and employees and, and all those kinds of things. So I actually... Decided that I would focus on supporting women-owned businesses, and I got that idea when I found out that the URL was available for womanbusinessowner.com. That it was just available on the market, and I could buy it for twelve dollars. And that really sent me a clear message that nobody was thinking of women business owners and supporting them and them and helping them grow as a separate market so I decided to focus on that Uh, and since that time I've written seven books exclusively for um, women business owners and as you mentioned I've built a whole brand around one of those book titles called the woman's advantage Uh, we have books workbooks journals calendars all kinds of products that we provide for women entrepreneurs around the world under that woman's advantage brand. And in the past two years, we've created the Women's Advantage Forum, which are groups of women with businesses of under a million dollars in revenue who want to get to the million dollar level. So these women come together um, and work in groups of 12 to 14 women to really make their businesses move forward very dramatically. Um, So we've been doing this for two years now, and our members are crossing over that million dollar mark. We've got forums in several U.S. and Canadian cities, and actually your listeners can find all that on our our website, womansadvantage.com, and we're actually in the process of developing an online version of this called the Women's Advantage Academy, so um, again, everything I'm doing, your your, uh, listeners can find out about uh, on our website, womansadvantage.com.
0: Mm, I love what I'm hearing about your business and how this idea came about. I love that you've carved out this niche of helping small business owners, women business owners, get to the million-dollar level. Great you have this on with us. But what continues to inspire you doing this?
1: Well, you know, the fact that I could purchase that URL, as I mentioned, for womanbusinessowner.com for $12. That was a huge indication to me that, um, as I said, nobody was paying attention to this market and, and nobody really thought of it as a separate market. Um, what specifically inspired me to launch the Women's Advantage Forum two years ago, um, I had have been leading a, a group of through the Women Presidents Organization, or WPO, um, for the state of North Carolina for about 12 years. And this is a group of women in each own multi-million dollar businesses. Um, so some women who have businesses of under a million came to me and said, Mary, will you start an organization for those of us with businesses of under a million to help us get to that level so we're, so we're qualified to become members of the WPO. And that's where the woman's advantage was started. So my target market actually came to me with a need and they said, if you develop this program, we'll join. Um, well, then I had to not only develop the program, but I had to deliver on getting these women to the million-dollar level and beyond. So I'm happy to tell you that we do that on a regular basis. Several of our members, within one year or two years, graduate to the million-dollar level. And and Mary Grace, these are businesses that had been generating maybe five hundred thousand dollars a year. Maybe some of them were fifty thousand dollars a year. Very small businesses. So it's very exciting. Um, that, um, that we've been able to help them cross over that million-dollar mark as a result of their membership in the Women's Advantage Forum. Because uh, here's the thing a lot of people don't know. Only 3% of all women-owned businesses generate over a million dollars in annual revenue. So I, I looked at this 97% that was left, the 97% under a million dollars, and I saw there was a huge need for this. And, Uh, Since I had done it already for myself and for lots of my clients, I knew how to do this. So I just created a process. You know, I think of it almost as a recipe. I just created a process to get women from where they were to the million-dollar level. And it's really not brain surgery. Um, These women are all experts in their field. They're experts in their industries. Um, But many of them, and this is very common with women business owners, Many of them have created a job for themselves rather than a real business. So what the Woman's Advantage does is it enables them to expand that job into a real business by teaching them concepts they hadn't considered. You know, things like um, um, how do you create a steady stream of referrals for your business? Um, you know, those those kinds of things that will enable them to ultimately hire additional staff to, um, to make things work. So, so that's what converts a woman owned job into a woman owned business. When you've got other people that you're paying to do the work and you're generating the revenue for your business out of that. So a woman who is generating all the revenue herself has created a job instead of a business. And this is something that a lot of women don't even realize they've done.
0: Mm, what an inspiration though, is. I mean, helping women-owned businesses cross the million-dollar mark and with your expertise, with your experience, you got that process or recipe that helped them get there. Great inspiration. Thanks for sharing that. Now, let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners? What are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from?
1: Sure, Mary Grace. Um, I think one of the key things that I am noted for and has been a part of my success in building businesses is that I am a big picture person. I, rather than kind of getting into the nooks and crannies of things. I I am able to devise ideas for big things. And also I would say um, enroll other people in those ideas. So, so while it's important to come up with a great idea for a business, you need a lot of people to support you in that. And so you have to be able to always look at Um, um, focusing on what's in it for somebody else to be involved in supporting you and supporting your efforts. Um, I had mentioned earlier that coming out of the Woman's Advantage brand, we have a product called the Woman's Advantage Shared Wisdom Calendar. And um, I have women every year from all over the world go onto our website and they submit tips or advice for women to help them grow their businesses and so I've kind of enrolled, if you will, all these women in helping me create the content for this calendar so rather than doing it myself I've got all these brilliant women from around the world um, writing in on our website with their tips and I'll tell you one of my favorite tips of all times and this relates back to the big picture thinking is a woman who submitted the idea once that was move three things a mile rather than 100 things an inch. And that's what it really takes to create a successful business. You've got to figure out what are the three most important things that we need to do and let's move those things a mile rather than moving all these petty little things an inch, an inch, an inch, an inch. So rather than responding to email that's not going to get you anywhere, what are the three things you really need to focus on? What are those three big things and how can you really push those things forward instead of, thinking about moving petty things an inch, an inch, an inch. So I would say um, my ability to think big picture has been one of the things that has really helped me be successful. Uh, Another thing, Marie Grace, is I am a flat out optimist. I'm, you know, if there's a drop of water in that glass, then it is full as far as I'm concerned. Um, another great great quote from the Women's Advantage calendar which somebody submitted um, a few years back was greet each failure with the words how fascinating. I've always loved that because rather than saying oh no why did this happen oh this is terrible oh this is going to bring us down whatever if you look at it you say well how fascinating I wonder what we're supposed to do now I wonder what now that we've got time to do this, and now that we've got extra employees available, now that this contract was canceled or whatever, I wonder what what other opportunities are going to pass my way. So rather than saying kind of, woe is me, when something you perceive to be negative occurs, you can back up and say, wow, how fascinating. I wonder what I'm going to get to do now as a result of not being able to do this other thing. So, uh, And one of my favorite um all-time quotes that I've actually written myself and um, and share with my clients all the time is when something goes wrong, I always say, now, how can I make this work for me rather than against me? Right? So something negative happens and you say, oh gosh, this is just going to really be bad. This say, no, 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 wait, wait. Now, how can I make this situation work for me rather than allowing it to work against me? And when you think, that way um, it really opens up your mind to all kinds of new opportunities um, so I would say I would say um, my sense of optimism is is one of the things that's helped me become successful in, in building businesses and if I had to um, to single out a third thing I think I would say um, that I always focus on what's in it, for the customer or the prospect. So rather than thinking about it from the perspective of your business or your staff or your product or your service or your offering to just put yourself in the mind of the customer or the prospect and what's in it for them. How can you totally tell the story from their perspective? In one of my seminars, I like to get women to introduce their businesses, not by the standard, Oh, I'm Jane Smith and I'm a, marketing consultant or whatever. Um, But I want them to introduce themselves by saying, what do your customers struggle with and what results do you bring them? So I'd encourage all your listeners to think about their business from that perspective. What do your customers struggle with? And what kind of results do you bring them to to eliminate that struggle? It's just a different way of looking at business.
0: Mm, it's a big picture thinking, optimism, customer focus great personal qualities here that Mary just shared with us and I was so hooked into listening to every word that you just shared because those great wisdom golden nuggets in those that you just shared with us let's learn from what Mary just shared with us especially with those three personal qualities that like big picture thinking having the optimistic attitude customer focus I love those questions that, that you shared with us it helped me thinking myself as well so let's learn from those thanks for sharing
1: Uh, well, Murray Grace, like a lot of, I was going to say women, but I think people in general, like a lot of people, I um, I tend to procrastinate. Um, there are things I love to do and there are things I hate to do. And I, I it's so easy to focus on the things you love to do and just keep moving those other things that you don't particularly want to do to the back burner. So um, the way I've eliminated that challenge is... Um, I I brought on support to take from my plate the things that either I don't like to do or I'm not particularly good at. Uh, And this doesn't have to be full-time staff, it can be a contractor, it can be an intern, some kind of a part-timer, a virtual support person. The key here is to offload the kinds of stuff that you don't like to do or you're not good at so that you have the time and the brain power to do the important things to make your business grow. So I like to think of it as, you know, your brain has got so much real estate and if, you, if you're occupying 50% of your real estate with stuff you're not particularly good at or you don't want to do or something you could pay somebody else $20 an hour to do, then it doesn't your brain doesn't have the capability, the capacity to do the really big important things. So I've kind of overcome that procrastination by identifying someone who can handle the things that, that I don't want to handle and I'm not good at. Um, another challenge that I've always had and, and really continue to struggle with, and I, again, think a lot, of, a lot of people deal with this, is overcoming this scarcity mentality. So I told you earlier I'm an insane optimist. But in spite of that, I, I was raised with very little. My dad was a disabled vet. We moved around a lot to stay ahead of the bill collectors. I've actually lived in 23 different places. So as a result, I, you know, of, of not having a lot when I was growing up, I've always been one of those people who looks at the right side of the menu page to check the price before I look at the left side to decide what I really want to eat, Um so I'm slowly recovering for this, but I, I honestly have to constantly remind myself that there's more than enough time, there's more than enough money, more than enough support, more than enough of everything that I need in life. Um, so I've had to recondition myself to look at life through the lens of abundance rather than, than scarcity. You know, if you look at the world as, as one of abundance rather than scarcity, you really make very different decisions. You make big-time decisions rather than making petty decisions. And you make decisions that can have a positive impact on your business and on your customer and really on the world in general. So overcoming that scarcity mentality is something that I have struggled with and I still continue to struggle with that challenge. Um, And I guess if I had to think of a third challenge, I would say, and this is something that women do all the time. Um, it's, it's helping others too much. So, you know, you might not think that you can help others too much, but um, I don't think a day goes by that somebody doesn't either call or email me or, or even send me a handwritten note and ask them if I would mentor them. And I, mean, I could certainly be mentoring 300 or 400 people at a time if, if I took up all these offers of people who want me to support them. But you really, as a woman, you've got to know when to draw a line and who you really owe your time and energy and support to and and when it's good for your business and when it's not good for your business and when it's good for you personally and not good for you personally. And, And really learn to say no sometimes to people. Mm,
0: great lessons in those challenges that you shared with us. I mean, I was really listening to every word that you shared with us because that I certainly can relate to these challenges, especially with overcoming procrastination, overcoming the scarcity mentality, and of course, Helping others too much or giving way too much of our time, of our energy. Of course, we need to know when to draw the line. I know we we all wanted to help, but sometimes it gets in in our on the way. So great uh, challenges here, uh, great lessons in these challenges that Mary just shared with us. So let's learn from how she was able to overcome them, so that when it happens to us, we now know what to do. So great takeaway there. Now I'd love to switch a little bit and talk about work life balance, because you know being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health your family, your relationships, and your business?
1: Well, you know, Mary Grace, I think a lot of us are hung up on the old school mentality of, oh, you've got to get up, you've got to work eight to five, you've got to do this, do that. These are the kind of rules that that a lot of us were brought up to think of as far as work is concerned. And I will tell you that I never set an alarm clock and I get up ridiculously early every day. So, I mean, it might be 4 a.m. or sometimes even 2 a.m. Um, so rather than trying to go back to sleep, I just pad into my home office and I start to work. I mean, I generally get at least a half a day's worth of work done before others are even at their desks. And then at about 830, I head out to the gym to work out, um, get back to my office about 1030 and I start the second half of my day. So so it's just kind of pushing back on what the old school schedule of a work day looks like and making it fit for you. Um I think you have to determine if you're a morning person or an evening person and you have to craft your schedule around that. Um, I I also want to say I like to use that word craft or crafting. People don't often think of crafting their lives but to me that's the way to live. Decide exactly what you want and then create or craft the structure to make that happen. I find the things that bring me the greatest joy and then I schedule them on my calendar and sometimes once in advance. So um, I, I have, um, you know, standing weekly appointments to do things with my grandchildren. I will put on the calendar uh, time to read both fiction and nonfiction. You know, going to the gym is on my calendar for every weekday that I'm in town. Uh, and then things like just taking the time to walk around in the garden and just be So really creating spaces in your life for those important things to happen rather than just pushing them to the end of the day and then hoping you can squeeze them in. So really creating a life that includes everything that's important to you as an actual calendared item on your day, on your week, on your month. One other thing I I will add is I'm a big proponent of eliminating stuff from my life. So if I haven't worn an item in the past year, you're probably not even going to find it in my closet. After I've read a book, I give that away to somebody who I think is going to benefit from it. I don't keep things just for the sake of having them. Something has to be useful. It has to be something that I love or I get rid of it. I also kind of stay in control of the stuff that I do have. So I put things away when I'm not using them. I just, I find that eliminating this stuff frees up that real estate in my mind that I talked about earlier. Um, And and that allows a space for creativity. It allows a space for doing big time things with your life. You know, I'm I'm a clean desk person. At the end of the day, I might leave one pile of, three or four pieces of paper on my desk that I'm going to work on the next day, but you'll never see piles of stuff. Again, that that clean space on my desk creates a clean space in my mind that allows me to make things happen in, in my business and my life. So those things are really important to me.
0: Mm. Lots of takeaways there in terms of this work-life balance. I love when you share, when you said about crafting your life, deciding what kind of life you want and then work around the structure to, to achieve that. And I'm a very big fan of uh, scheduling things in your calendar. I learned this from my mentor, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. It's, uh, it's really important to schedule things, not only your work, not only your business, but also the personal uh, things or activities that are in your life, you have to include those in your calendar. Um, There's a saying that's my favorite. uh, Somebody quoted it about if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to get done. So big fun of scheduling things in your calendar. And of course, I love when uh, Mary shared with us about eliminating stuff from our life. Uh, Keeping, uh, creating a clean space in our office, in our desk, uh, for example, uh, with what she, what Mary shared with us, you know, after a book that she read, she just give it away. It's really important to eliminate stuff from our life. I know we, I myself, I tend to to, to put aside things, but then it really clutters not only my mind but the space that I have. So it's really important to start eliminating those steps that we that we don't need anymore or things that can, that, that uh, we. Don't have, we don't go back to anymore. Um, that really helps not only clear your mind but the, your spaces as well. It's great tips there. Now let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well, and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success?
1: Well... Murray Grace, my key benchmark is to consider where I started in life and then compare that to where I am now, because I don't believe in comparing myself to other people. I want to see, am I progressing myself day by day? Um, I'll tell you, when I was growing up, I didn't even know that people lived the way that I live now. So um, although I might not have had a good start in life, I am determined (laughs) to have a good finish. I hate it, hate it, hate it. When people blame their parents or blame their past or their lack of a college degree or whatever on the fact that they're not successful, because I believe that it's all up to you. And, and one of my favorite quotes is, is from um, Teddy Roosevelt. He said, do what you can with what you have, where you are. So rather than blaming your circumstances, you just decide what you need to do to craft the life of your dreams, and then you go out and make it happen. And that doesn't mean you're not going to come up against obstacles, and sometimes multiple obstacles, and sometimes multiple obstacles multiple times, but if you're really committed to making something happen, and you envision what that life can look like, then you just keep taking one step, one step, one step to get there. I also love what Cheryl Sandberg says about the, the biggest business decision you will make in your life is the person you marry. Um, and I believe that this is really true. I made a great decision in marrying my husband, John, and that decision has really enabled a lot of my success. I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade my life with anybody's. Um, and I guess one final key benchmark um, and a really important one is the number of women I'm able to help uh, and the amount of, of what I refer to as push that I'm able to give them. So I told you I receive these letters and calls and emails daily from, from women. And a lot of women who have benefited from reading one of my books or using my calendar um, or, or one of the members of one of our Women's Advantage forums um, will tell me how, how much we've been able to push them them and their business forward uh, we've got video testimonials from women who attribute our form with helping them to increase their revenue by 400 percent in three months you know or, or maybe landing the largest client they ever had for their business so when our members and my readers are successful like that then that's how I measure my success
0: Mm, I love your perspective on success. Success is about progressing day by day. Success is about the impact that we have with our clients, the- when we are making a difference in the lives of many, the, woman, the, the women business owners, not only the women business owners, but the people that you touch, that you, you impact because of what you do, what a great um, benchmark that one is. So thanks for sharing. Now, I know you've shared us a lot of tips already, but I'd love for you to talk about one of the highlights of our show, which is your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. Steps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past.
1: Um, Well, first of all, I think women in general think too small. So I want your listeners to think big rather than just, as I said earlier, creating a job for themselves like a lot of women do. I want them really to think about a business. I want them to think they're building an enterprise where other people are going to do the work to make money for you. You're creating jobs. You're not just you're not just billing your own personal hours, you're really creating jobs that will help others and jobs that will generate business a revenue for your business. So um, I want you to ask yourself, have I created a business or have I merely created a job for myself? So that's my first first piece of advice is don't stop at creating a job, create a business, create an enterprise. Secondly, and very, very importantly, um, I want your listeners to do something that they love. I mean, I I get up out of bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. Why do I do that? Or, or, as I said, sometimes even 2 o'clock in the morning, because I love what I do. Um, I might wake up thinking of a newsletter topic I want to develop or an idea I want to pass on to a client or maybe the outline for a new course I want to develop. I am so turned on by what I'm doing that I don't want to stay in bed. I want to get up and make my business and make my life happen. So that only happens when you're doing something you love. So if you started a business and it's not something you love and you don't feel that you're making a difference, I encourage you to rethink that. Just rethink that because it certainly is not all about money. Um, and I guess my third piece of advice um, is is I've noticed a lot of women are hesitant to sell their product or their service. They feel like they're asking someone for a favor if they ask them to buy. But, you know, here's my take on it. If you believe that what you are offering, if you believe your product or your service will help somebody, maybe it's going to um, save them time, save them money, make them money, it's going to somehow enrich their lives. If you believe that what you are offering will help someone, then how dare you not offer it to them? So that's a different way to look at sales. And and if you don't think your offerings help others, then you should find a different product or service to, to offer. But, but I really want to challenge your listeners with that. If what you're selling would add to my life, then how dare you, not give me the opportunity to buy it this is one of the concepts that we teach in the women's advantage form it's a drastically different approach to sales and once women start to think this way then something that they've always hated sales you know they hate being in sales they hate selling but it becomes very easy for them when they think they're not selling something they're offering someone the opportunity to have something that's going to somehow enrich their lives. So I think those are the three things.
0: Hmm, golden nuggets in those tips that you just shared with us. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to think big, think about building an enterprise versus just building a job for yourself. The second one is to do something that you love. I cannot stress this enough. And I love the third one, which you really elaborated so well. Learning self and the phrase that you you've shared with us. If the question uh, um, actually is if what you're selling improves other people's lives, how dare you not to operate to me? I love that it really helps um, me think that only for myself but I'm sure for our listeners out there this you know when you ask yourself this question it really it really gives you a different perspective it really uh, lets you see the other side of selling because I know n- uh, almost all, all of us don't want don't want. To, to sell i mean don't want to, e- even the thought of selling ourselves or selling our product or our services but if you look at it in this this perspective of uh, of knowing that what you are offering enriches other people's lives it is our moral obligation to share it to let the, let the world know let the people know about it if you look at it that way then selling is no longer a challenge uh it's not selling is no longer a hindrance for us. So great tips here that uh, Mary just shared with us. So let's take action on them today. Last but not least, Mary, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you? And then we'll end from there.
1: Well, of course, that's my favorite question, Mary Grace. Um, (laughs) What's what's the biggest benefit your listeners can get from my products or services? Um, I would say if any of your listeners are, are ready to get their small businesses to the enterprise level, to the million-dollar level and beyond, um, so I'm saying if they're ready to say this is the year I'm going to make this happen, then I want them to check into the Women's Advantage Forum, and again, that's at womansadvantage.com.
0: All right, so that's www.womensadvantage.com. I highly encourage you, our listeners, to go to now www.womensadvantage.com. I know this is a... An area that a lot of us, a lot of our listeners would love love to help with. And if her products and services resonate with you, at least be part of the forum that she has. I know this would help a lot of us. That, again, is womansadvantage.com on the list be on her newsletter so you can be updated on what she's putting out there. Again, the link is www.womensadvantage.com so for our listeners out there who are small uh, women's business owners or small business owners, our listeners, uh, if, if this product or service is resonating with you, I highly encourage you to jump in. Again, the link is www.womansadvantage.com Mary, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life.
1: Well, it's been my honor to share this time with you and your listeners, Marie Grace.
0: All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash myiTunes. Step number two, click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman example. Cheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to today'sleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www that forward slash my iTunes.